0: everybody and welcome to the 3rd season of iwoos with your hosts Ian Dunbar,
1: Kelly Dunbar,
2: and me, Jamie Dunbar. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Hi everybody. <laughs> what <laughs> no starting over. That's all right. Talk what, through it. What, what have we got this week, Kelly? Sorry, <laughs> he is
1: just spacing out there. Pressure cooker behavior modification. That's the title that? of episode one, what, season three. We're, I whoops We're doing a cooking we're show now. I mean, what, what would you
2: know about cooking?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Zing.
1: No, this is this is more about um, oh, pressure co- What I call pressure cooker behavior modification is um, when people just try to stop a behavior. And maybe even a natural, normal, or necessary behavior, and don't provide another outlet, or just suppressing it, and the the dog becomes like a little pressure cooker or a time bomb. Yeah,
2: it's um, you know there was a really neat uh, model for describing behavior um, back in the '60s. And it's a little simplistic, but to me, it's what are you smiling at? Yeah, this is not the Pleistocene. It was just the 60s, all right? You know, used to be when I was around. Um, When you were around? I still am around. Well, I wasn't around earlier when we started this, obviously. But, um, no, the, the hydraulic model for behaviour, what, what it said was that an animal had like this little tank and energy poured in it. So imagine the energy is, is water. Then there's lots of tubes out of the bottom of the tank. And let's say one tube goes to barking and it fills up a barking tank. And when this barking tank is full up with, with water, the dog has to bark to let the pressure off. Otherwise the tank explodes. Um, there's a tank for say or running after other dogs or chasing a tail and so this hydraulic model basically says a dog has a certain amount of energy and if the dog's left to his own devices most of the energy will be spent or dissipated by running around sniffing barking urinating you know doing doggy things and when we as people say to the dog right you're never going to bark in this town again. And so the dog doesn't bark. And they do things like they, they'll put on a collar. And every time the dog barks, zap! So he can't bark. And you think, well, poor dog, you know, these dogs bark. That's what they do. It's like they, you know, they bury bones, they wag their tails, and they, they bark. And this is a barking dog. He's a cock of schnauzer cross. And now, every time he barks, he gets an electric shock. So what's going to happen? Well, we've caught the volcano, or in your um you've caught the pressure cooker pressure is building and that energy has to go somewhere and with some dogs and especially adolescents um it makes them go haywire the energy that you've suppressed now that because you won't let them have a good bark you won't drive them somewhere and say okay you want to bark look we're in the middle of nowhere bark have a couple of hundred woofs, get it out of your system, and then we'll drive you home. If we don't do that, that energy will go elsewhere.
1: So what you're saying is that stopping an undesirable behavior is only half of the strategy.
2: It's, it's, so it's not even half of the strategy. It's, it's the sort of thing you see on TV a lot, where a behavior is just temporarily inhibited to give the cameraman a chance to get a good 10 seconds. And then we say, oh, the problem's solved. No, you're just not seeing this behavior now for 10 seconds, so we can edit it in to, to the loop. Um, but that dog is now much more anxious than he was, and and, and and he has to do something.
1: Well, the other thing is that they're not being bad. As you say, a lot of times it's our normal behaviors, like barking or You said that, not chewing. me. I you said, you said, minute, said normal,
2: you? natural, and okay, necessary. Well, yes. like
1: we all say, no, that's just it. Dogs aren't being bad when they bark or chew or pee or poop or you know they're they're just being dogs and so why would we just want oh, to suppress them I mean, or it's, punish them for that
2: for years this has been like the the whole focus of my philosophy in, in terms of dog training that you must try and see things from the dog's point of view and dogs are dogs and strangely though it may seem they will grow up to act like dogs and so do we just tell them there will be no barking here. There will be no chewing. There will be no digging. There will be no peeing. There will be no chasing. No, well, I think that's what no. a lot
1: of people want, frankly. I think Sadly, they, they tell I tell them think to so. go get the little Pleo. I, I you
2: know, <laughs> that little dinosaur. He's so yeah. cute.
1: The little robotic um, uh-huh.
2: dinosaur. Yeah, he reminds me of Hugo. Hugo is kind of similar. He's a little clear. Less furry. furry. No, this is a a very disturbing trend that people get a dog and then they spend the next two years beating all the dog out of it. Every time the dog acts like like a dog, they punish him or they drug him to slow him down rather than saying, look, you know, we have an animal that barks. I, I, I think we should teach him when and for how long. It's kind of like if I got a cow, I would say, well, we have an animal that gives milk. I I think I will milk her every day. I mean, you've got to let it happen. And so what we've got to do with dogs is to teach them when to bark, how long to bark for, which stimuli to bark at, where to pee, where to poop, where to dig, you know, um, what to chew, um, how to greet people. It's so sad to me when a dog flies up to someone and jumps up and then they smack it for saying hello and saying hello in a way that that is natural for a puppy to put his paws on the other dog. It means hello, I'm a little worm. I want to be friends. Please don't hurt me. And, 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 And in a way that they've trained the dog to say hello for months and months. Every time the puppy jumps up, they pet him. Now he does it. And all of a sudden they smack him for acting like a dog. So. I, I think we really have to think, how do we teach dogs to act like dogs appropriately when living with people?
1: And also, are you okay there? Yes. I'm choking to death.
0: We must go on.
1: he oh, yeah. told us we can never, we can never stop. He's going to have to leave the studio. So
0: I, my question then is, are there behaviors like barking, which are so intrinsically doggy that you can't that it's cruel to stop them from doing. Or um, like is it possible to say direct the water, going back to that hydraulic well, model, it, to a different activity?
1: You can do both. I think I think the answer would be both, right? Inherently certain things are going to be reinforcing for dogs. So it doesn't have to be you reinforcing them for it to continue. So we have to acknowledge what those behaviors might be. I think barking is one of them. Obviously urinating and defecating and you know things like that are inherent dogs
0: naturally reinforce or naturally enjoy them.
1: Yes, and re- well, greeting other dogs as well. They, they would be
2: classified as behaviors which are necessary for
0: the life of the individual. And so, so do you think that it's impossible. Impossible. You, you think it's impossible to, to train a happy dog that that just doesn't bark.
1: That doesn't poop. It's like, you're basically the equivalent of what you're saying. No, yeah. Well, no. We, you think about not it. because
0: well, <laughs> it's clearly impossible to stop a dog from pooping. That that oh, dog would true. die. That's true. Yeah. But hey, you could clip a dog's you know you larynx, could, and I think people actually do that, right? Yeah, and it can still live. No, no,
2: no. So let's go back to what I said, Jamie, that behaviors which are essential for life, and that's input, output, eating, drinking, peeing, pooping, no, you Can't cannot stop, stop those. Okay. But behaviors like barking, digging, chasing,
1: Greeting. Um,
2: you could stop them, and a lot of people do. They will, for example, with, you know, the solution to a barking dog is he will never bark again, and they'll have all sorts of collars to stop him doing that. Is it cruel? I think it's downright cruel. I think, why did you get a dog? Why didn't you get a goldfish, you know, or a possum? I mean, you why to did to train get- them to not bark. Yes. You know, why Why did you get a dog? And I think we owe it to a, d- an animal when we get it. What do they do? Dogs wag their tails. You know, they chew bones and bury them. They bark. I don't want to take that away from the dog. But I don't want him annoying my neighbours in, you know, a Manhattan apartment, let's say. I don't have a Manhattan apartment, but say, say I do. Theoretically. And so we have to teach the dog the rules of barking. And, 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 and it's no different from humans. Like, imagine you're in an apartment next door to a rock group. Well, the rules are you don't practice in the apartment. I don't want to stop you playing music, but you go to the studio to do it. You don't shout when you're in your apartment. So, maybe we could train the dog that That's whisper woof sporting games are for That's yeah, sports sportser so
1: that goes to channeling things to another outlet that really is something you can do oh yes, you should and do
2: I, I was uh, you know it 's one of the reasons I started the um, the woof relay in the canine games that so barking is so misunderstood and it 's so sad that it 's inhibited in the dog, um, and I think teaching him when to bark. You know, woof and shush. It's, it's really fun. Owners get into it. You can ask a dog a question like, you know, what do you think of the present political situation? Oh, woo, 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 It's funny, <laughs> but it means now you can say to the dog, speak and shush. You see, the whole point of putting barking on cue mm-hmm. is it's easy to teach shush when you want to. And then we can really fine tune it. And I remember going back to Phoenix and Oso, they had two different barking problems. Oso wanted to bark at everything. Phoenix wanted to bark at nothing. So first I taught them both to bark on cue. Okay, and Oso loved that. You know, speak, woo! And Phoenix, speak, woo! Then we'd set them up with people walking by the house, and occasionally coming in. And I taught them, you must ignore people walking by. And it took several walk-bys before the dog got it, especially Oso, because he wanted to go off. But then when they step on the property, you say to the dog, speak, 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 speak. And I could see Oso loved this game. I'd now taught him, don't bark at walkers by, but if they step on the property, go ballistic. And he would spend all his afternoon out there, looking out the window, craning his neck. Here comes someone, here comes someone. He's starting to shake. Oh, they've gone by. You could see he was disappointed. <laughs> but if they stepped on the property... Now I got a dog and a couple of my neighbors actually told me they said we really like your dogs and I said why they said well they never bark unless someone is coming to visit you so we know when someone's trolling the neighborhood you know and and it really is now a much more useful dog rather than one like Claude, in his old age, we <laughs> saw him barking, was it, yesterday?
1: Oh, like crazy, it's, it's a squirrel. It's a squirrel. With a wire. Above which, the house.
2: Yeah, I mean, the squirrel was basically like, you know, mooning him, you know, and, and giving the him. the squirrel yeah. equivalent of fingers. But Claude was going crazily, woof, 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 woof. And once he'd started, I'm sure if we interviewed Claude and said, why are you barking? He probably would have said, well, because I'm barking. You know, one bark leads to the next. That the, the original reason the
1: no. in an infinite
0: loop. is you're saying
1: he was incensed though. He was rude. Really he was. The squirrel was
2: rude. Squirrel. I've never seen such a rude squirrel. I actually told it to get lost, didn't I? I opened the window and screamed at the squirrel. Well, then again,
0: yeah. Dad does have more of an insight into the older mind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he, he knows about the infinite <laughs> loops. Feels- can't stand
2: those squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so. Mm-hmm. so I think no, we have to take every doggy behaviour. Um, teach the dogs how to do it. Um, otherwise, if they are doing it in a way that upsets the owners, the knee-jerk reaction is to punish the dog, and then we're punishing the dog for acting like a dog.
1: Well, that's the problem. Everybody just wants behavior to stop. They never think about, you know, what they could be training in its place, some kind of incompatible behavior. What, why the dog is doing it, and is there a better outlet for that? I mean, they don't, they don't ever do that. It's always just about stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. You know, and if you just you know, what's left for the dog to do? No,
2: this was in my uh, um, doggy training career. This, this for me, was a quantum leap. That Way back in the 70s, everything was, how can we punish the dog? How can we stop that behavior? And, and you had some big ones there uh, with biting. How can I punish the dog for biting? Because, of course, if you punish the dog for biting, you give him two reasons to bite you. The first reason, now the one that you're acting like an arsehole and you're punishing him. Then the other biggie was, how do I punish the dog when he's left at home mm. alone? And this was actually the breakthrough for me, because it suddenly occurred to me, rather than try to... I, I designed all these booby traps, made them out of beer cans. They were fantastic. So if the dog got on the couch, all these beer cans fell down. A different era then, Yeah, there you go. And it took
0: 20 minutes to set up each time. Yeah,
2: and they'd always go off by accident as well. I forget they were there. But the thought then came how do I want the dog to act when I'm gone? And this is where the whole notion of chew toy stuffing came. And it came to me like a light bulb. And, and, and it just solved the problems like that. That now the dog was happy chewing on, on a Kong or a Squirrel Dude. You know, he didn't want to bark. He didn't want to wreck the house. He didn't want to be active. And and it, and it helped him get over whatever stress and anxiety he had. The breakthrough
0: so, was realizing it's not easier to reward the dog while you're away for doing something much good. easier, yeah, it's much easier. It the Absolutely, thousands of things that could be doing better. Yeah,
2: that remote rewards are much easier than remote or owner absent punishments, and and so I think this is you know the the, the trend that we have to pursue. And one thing I sort of coded my brain to go: you know, if ever I'm stuck with a problem, the dog's doing something I don't want. I've sort of coded my brain to ask the question: Well what would you like him to do and there's the answer right there for almost anything i mean you can hit me with a few if you like so the dog's doing this and he really annoys me stealing chickens from the park (laughs) where would you like him to get his chickens from from the fridge of course (laughs) jamie (laughs) tell him to get to the fridge like any dog you know um it's like a dog jumps up i mean this is the one that really gets me the jumping up to say hello that here we have this little puppy, he's so eager to see us, he jumps up, and when you go and read dog books and look up jumping up, it is full up with the most horrible advice there is. You know, hold his paws, squeeze his paws, stamp on his hind feet, knee him in the chest, flip him over backwards, all because the dog was saying hello in the fashion that you condoned and then trained in since puppyhood. So the question is, well, how would you like him to greet you? To sit? Oh, what a great idea. Let's let's teach all puppies to sit when greeting people. Or well, then, or someone might say, Well, I want him to shake hands. Okay, have him sit and shake hands. But the point is, he's not jumping up and bugging you now, so he doesn't get punished. Sorry, I
0: didn't no, mean no. to interrupt.
1: No, he didn't interrupt. Well, excuse me, this chair is... Well, like I thought him.
0: I did. I con- continued talking over you, though, at least.
1: <laughs> I, mean, yeah,
0: I mean, the thing is, like, there are an infinite number of things that your dog could, could do he? that you wouldn't like.
1: Precisely. I think mm-hmm. one of
0: my favourite from my days sitting in the back of lecture halls listening to your lectures as a child one of my favorite analogies or, or little stories was you, you told the audience to imagine if they had come into the into the, uh, the theater and all of the seats were empty and you were up front and there was one seat that you wanted them to sit in but you weren't going to tell them because you couldn't speak the same language because they were A metaphor for a dog, of course. (laughs) And so they (laughs) they sat down in a chair, and it was probably not the right one, because there's hundreds of chairs, and you yelled at them and screamed at them, they're like, oh no, that was the wrong chair. Stupid human. And they sat, tried another chair, and you yelled and screamed at them until they got to the right chair, and then you're like, all right, good job. And you explained how it would be a lot easier to just tell them which chair you want if to If there were 100
1: chairs, there could be 100 trials there, right. which yeah. also is damaging the relationship and making more stress Well, But time. the thing is,
2: there won't be 100 trials. You see, the dog won't get it wrong more than three times, and then the dog, like a human, learns, you know, I don't like this sitting in the... He right. keeps telling me to sit, and every time I sit down, he grabs me by the throat and says, Stupid human! So what will happen is now, the human won't sit down on any more chairs... And, and this is one, it's one of the biggest dangers of trying to control behavior by punishment. That the first thing the dog learns is when I don't get punished for this behavior. Like, like beginning of the show when Ian's distracted, <laughs> falling asleep, or when the owner's at work. I can't get punished at these things. So it actually makes a worse problem. It takes a normal problem like barking, chewing, digging, like being. trash
1: stealing or something. You're saying I, I, I get punished for trash dealing when people when are the around. When the owner's around. And don't, when yeah. nobody's home. Yeah, so now the dog, I can imagine him in the chewing. morning.
2: He, he, the little dog gets up, you know, and he's there. And the whole family comes down to breakfast. And dog's like, they'll be leaving soon. They'll be leaving soon. There he goes. He's got the car keys. And they all say, be a good, little dog. He's, like, he's gone good. Woo, woo, woo. Pee, chew. I can be a dog again because they're gone so it creates these owner absent problems rather than i mean the, the analogy of the chairs is a, is a really good one there's a hundred chairs why don 't we just take five bucks lure the person to the chair motion to sit down we don 't use any words when they sit we give them the five bucks bet next time the audience comes in we've got thirty people sitting on that chair <laughs> you know and the whole thing about reward training there's only one right way and that one right way prevents the other 99 wrong ways because punishment training is the myth of Sisyphus it would take forever it's a never-ending task and in training because training is a social endeavor you will never get to the end because after three punishments the dog says you know I don't like training and I don't like the trainer so well, that
1: goes back to the pressure cooker thing absolutely I mean, really, I mean all the let's talk about the problems that arise when you just suppress behavior you know I mean, I mean the stress of Suppressing something. Well, like running away, is that we we talked
2: about running away at the end of series two, and and it happened to you with Ivan and and me with Phoenix and the dog, you know, ran off. And what did you tell me to do with Dune down uh, just yesterday? You said, "Go on, Ian, chase him."
1: It's, it's the biggest game he loves is he
2: gets to run off and I chase him
1: he likes to be elusive yeah mm-hmm.
2: and he can either we do it indoors round around the kitchen table which is good because I mean the dining room table because he goes much faster so he catches up with me so all I have to do is turn around and <laughs> he's right there or outside I'll give him an object like a big blue ball and I chase him and so now the problem becomes the reward I say come here Dune sit and then tag I'm going to chase you and, and so that's a wonderful example. Otherwise, running away sends people crazy and immediately they're going to turn to some kind of remote punisher, like a shock collar. Because once the dog's running away, this is the only chance they've got to punish the dog. But they're asking the wrong question. Like me in the you know 70s, it's not, how can I punish the dog? you know when
0: how can i string a beer can onto some (laughs) elaborate
2: the question is how can i teach the dog to want to come to me when called and the more oh no,
1: he should he should come because you told him to come not because he wants to come i'm
2: going to tell him to come and i've interviewed my dogs and i say why do you come when called and and doom said to me the other day says i come when called because you asked me master no, I totally, I'm sure that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs>
1: precisely. <laughs> no, but I mean, people, you know, people I, I have think that that's mentality. Where,
2: yeah, the, and that's where the only solution, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. You basically, I used to say to a lot of people, look, my dog sits 100 yards away. What does your dog do? I don't want to get into a whole argument about ways to train, I don't want to tell someone that training method's wrong. The point is, my dog's doing it. Because I've gone to great pains not just to teach him that come here means come here. And I would like you to do it. But I've really motivated him to want to come. And so I don't waste it. I don't keep calling him every three minutes when he's trying to sniff butt in the park. You know. But when I ask him to do something, we are going to follow up. It is going to be fun though. And so I, I think, no, we have to prove to people, well, you know, my dog does it and that's what I do at seminars all the time I say who has the best trained dog in the room and I will point out to them and it's certainly not me and so I'll find a dog that's you know really uh, does well in obedience competition and I will show first how good the dog is I don't want the owner to to look bad so this dog is brilliantly trained and then I'll point out he doesn't even know what sit means and it's this misunderstanding of the commands we try to teach um, that causes Punishment. So oh, let's let's take
1: right. this as a whole series then, right? So um, the dog is doing something you don't like to do, or let's say misbehaving in your in your eyes with probably a natural behavior. It's like sniffing and running. out Yeah, it's, the, dog. it's only
2: the owner who thinks it's inappropriate, not the dog. Right. So yep, there's the that.
1: Dog. So first, there's the problem identifying what the problem is. It a normal natural problem, and then the person says, "I want that to stop." Yep.
2: Yeah. And I'd say, "Well, what would you like the dog to do instead?" You know, the quickest way to stop any behavior is to teach the dog how you would like to do it. It's like if someone phoned in and said, you know, I, I want you to stop speaking English. I would say, Oh oui, c'est, non pas, c'est bon, ah oui, alors, I would speak French. And I'm speaking French, I can't speak English. If your dog's sitting, he can't run around. If he's sitting, he can't jump up. If he's chewing his chew toy, he can't be chewing his sofa. So rather
1: than just suppressing a behavior, we're adding solution, in something positive that if they can you, do. If you, you want success, for.
2: this is not an add-on. This is everything. If you want to suppress behavior at certain times, in certain situations, the only efficient and effective way to do this is to teach the dog what you want to do in that situation. Like, for example, I had a problem with Phoenix. She started to eat cat poop on walks. And I was too slow each time. And she would walk along, you know, very deceptive, and Malamute walking slowly. Then she'd pounce like she was killing it. And look at them, it's all smeared over her incisors. Oh, it was horrible. And it's you know that's <laughs> why I would never let her kiss me. You know, you turn and she wants to kiss you. There's a little black blob on uh, her incisors. Anyway, that's a note to everyone the solution, about kissing your dog. Yes, I think yes. all
1: dogs eat.
2: Well, but you got to remember the dog's tongue is toilet paper. We we have to make this fact. I'm sorry, um, but back that to dog kissers. So the solution, I, I got her to carry a little log. Phoenix liked carrying logs. So I had a special called a walk log. And she had to take this log. And if she put it down, I said, right, let's go home. And so she learned. If she wanted to end the walk, she could put it down, which, of course, she didn't want to do. So she'd hold on to the log. Well, if she's holding the log, she can't eat cat poop. So solutions like that are so much easier teaching the dog, in that case, what do you want to do with your jaws? I got
0: to say, I I think that's quite uh, creative thinking that a lot of people might not have been able to come up with on their own to say, I don't want my dog to eat cat poop. And then, so the answer is, what do you want your dog to do? And I don't think many people would have made the leap to hold something I'll else the in their the mouth. No, they would still to, say, "Not eat
1: cat." Food. Right? Not, <laughs> yeah. I want them to not eat cat food.
0: And so, you know, maybe in in my experience, my understanding is usually there's. If there's something you don't want your dog to do, you probably want them to sit. That's usually the best way to Sit is always them. the default setting. Sit will solve, yeah, 95% of the time. But it sounds like there's a couple of problems. problems.
1: There is, so there is more yeah. than one answer. But in that case, yeah, if she were to learn to indicate a sit every time she smelled cat poop and then got a reward for sitting, mm-hmm. she could become a you know cat scat um, detection dog. Like the cheetah dogs, like the (laughs) cheetah scat dogs. Could
2: be quite useful. Yes. Well, with with, with Ashby, I did something quite different. That he and his, when he was 14, he was really ailing. And tried him the very best dog food, didn't work. And this was a dog that was feral for the first year of his life. And I thought, well, what was his natural diet? It was obviously McDonald's wrappers and cat poop. So I started to collect the cat poop and let him eat it. And he really did well on it. I mean, disgusting. I I know, know, but but it's a true story. And I'm not recommending people do that, you understand. Dr. Anyway, Ian Dunbar recommends Captain Boldly Diet. Dunbar's
1: <laughs> diet. But that's not actually kidding.
2: such a, a, a creative suggestion. I mean, the, it's great you, for losing pounds, too. <laughs> why do I never get to talk? Traditional oh. trainers used to do that all the time, that they would fold up their leash and give it to the dog to hold, or give oh. the dog a dumbbell to What's hold. That, that, was quite, no, that was quite a common thing, to stop the dog, say, scavenging, you know, when you're walking or at dog shows or what have you.
1: We have two minutes. We did? Yeah. Oh. What's this motioning... Oh, that mean? was. Please keep talking. So you have other similar
0: uh, kind of... Besides, it seems like most problems either fall into while you're away or while you're there. And most solutions either fall into, if it's while you're away, stuffed chew toy solves pretty much everything. And if it's while you're there, sitting solves pretty much anything. Can you think of any other situations where you'd have to use something besides those two no jamie you've said it all i mean it <laughs> well, really, no, it really is no it's I, <laughs> there are
2: some but these are the two most important things right to it teach seems like that covers 90 yeah stuff chew toy and sit at any time and you've solved most behavior problems proactively without proactively to right and them your
1: dog to likes you something
0: dog's having a good time can you're reinforce having a good time
1: doing something right so, if you don't like what your dog is doing, what would you like them to do? If this is wrong, what is right? Yeah,
0: and if you're stuck on the what you don't want them to do, think about the sitting. Yes, think about a good the sitting. Yeah, I mean there would be some which you have to sort of stretch your brain
2: a little, like vocalization, right, like barking, you bark while whining. Barking is pretty good, but uh, whining and and howling, you know, be much more uh, different. Where I would say, well, we're just going to teach the dog the right time to do this. We're not going to modify it at all. We're just going to say, yes, you can whine. Uh, uh, we're going to have moan time. Yes, you can howl. We'll have a howl a And then the dog can let rip. And needn't be pressure cookers. No. No. And does that bring us to yep. the end of our
0: session?
1: Yep. I think we're through for this one. No week.
0: pressure cookers. They produce only bland vegetables. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely not my English heritage. Stir fry
2: Europe. We better your say goodbye brain. to people. They're still here. All bye, right. everybody. Bye bye. Bye
1: bye. That's all for this episode of I Woofs. Thank you for listening.